This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. That's, that's a pretty bold challenge, isn't it? <laughs> that we're going to unravel life's mysteries. Hallelujah. Brother, I've, I'm sorry, I forgot. What's your first name again? Is it Jose? Juan, that's right. And Anise, y'all stand up. I, I, the whole time we were sitting there worshiping, the Lord was talking to me about you guys, so I want to do this. No, both of you stand up. What are you doing sitting down? You know, you, I, know that, I know this because you told me this. You're getting ready uh, for transfer to the Pentagon. Did I remember that part right? (laughs) Amen. God just wants you to know, you know, you're going more than just for the military. God's hand is on you. God's got a a special purpose for placing you there. He's going to cause you to come into contact with men of influence, and He's going to cause you to be an influencer of those who influence. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. God says as you walk by His Spirit and you stay in faith, you stay faithful to Him, you're going to continue to be elevated and elevated and elevated. And you're going to make an impact in the military for God. Amen. Amen. You receive that? Okay. Well, give them a good... Yeah, we're getting ready to leave them and list a little bit. God's got plans for them. They're, they're moving on to the Pentagon, but God's got a plan behind the plan, brother. But unraveling life's ministries, mystery, you know, from the ancient philosophers to today's uh, existentialist, and, and everybody has tried, they're trying to define what life is. You know, probably uh, you've read some of the ancient philosophers, Aristotle, maybe you've read some of those, one, you know, when we we. I was a political science major long time ago, long time ago. Uh, you know, and we, one of the things in studying, we would study the different philosophers, and different ones had a, different ways of interpreting and looking at, but all of them were trying to figure out what's, what's the meaning of life? What's life all about? I mean, where did we come from? Why are we here? What are we supposed to do? Is there anything after this? What is it? I mean, life is still a mystery. And, you know, uh, thank God for uh, medical science and all the good things that they've discovered. And, and uh, you know, I'll tell you, I enjoy u- using electricity, don't you? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm surely not against science and knowledge and all that. But science, there's certain questions science can't answer. They can't answer where you come from. Oh, biologically, they can tell you this and that happens. But they can't tell you where life comes. Where does the spark of life come from? What's the meaning and the purpose of life? And so, you know... Uh, until we find that, we're just kind of, mm. I remember when I was young and in college, you know, you, you, you know everybody said, well, what are you going to major in? Um, I don't know. You know, and so, sometimes you think, well, what will make the most money? Because that's what the culture said, you know, go out there and make the money. That's what life's about, making money, buddy. Get some money. 
And you know, that is true in a lot of ways, in a lot of people's minds and hearts. Their thinking is, you know, uh, here's what life's about, is accumulating as much as I can. But Jesus said a man's life, a woman's life, is not measured by his or her possessions. Didn't he say that? Nothing wrong with possessions. You know, just make sure you have them. They don't have you. As long as you possess them and they don't possess you, God doesn't mind if you have them. But here's the thing. Jesus said that's not the measure of a, a man or a woman's life. That's not what life is all about. It's not about how much power you have. Where are all the, the Caesars of the Roman Empire? I mean, the Roman Empire was around, you know, for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. One Caesar after the next ruled and reigned. But where's that mighty empire now? Where's the mighty Persian Empire? I mean, we could go on and on talking about them. They, you know, the kingdoms of men, they come and go. Kings come and go. Governments come and go. But is there something eternal that we can look at and we can say, okay, this is what we look at to measure and unravel the mystery of life. And believe it or not, here's how simplified I'm going to make it for you. Now, you're going to really think I'm being audacious now. We're going to, in this series, we're going to look at three things from the Scriptures that will help you to understand and unravel the mystery of life. Wow. Somebody say, wow. wow. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm being ambitious, aren't I, brother? Hallelujah. Well, let's see if we can do this. Uh, and today I'm just going to introduce these, and then we're going to unpack each one of these three things in this month, this series, as we unfold from the Scriptures and talk about unraveling life's mystery, the mystery of life. What's it all about? Well, <clears throat> why don't you turn over to Proverbs 25. Let's start there. That's a good place to start. Proverbs 25 and verse 5. The Bible says that it, it that that God it is God's providence to hide things, but it is the king's providence to uncover the mysteries. God wants you and I to be able to uncover the mystery of life. And he has given us at least three things, there are more than that we could go into, but at least three things that if we will recognize these three things and if we will do something with them. Here's the big thing I found out through, through, through both my personal experience and, and being in ministry for a lot of years is that many times the failure is, is that either we don't know what we need to know from God or we're not doing what we do know. We need to do what we do know. What do you know? Well, I'm about to give you some information that's going to help you to know what you need to do. Now listen, the first thing is we have to understand this, that God wants us to know, <clears throat> pardon me, the mystery of life. The mystery of life. In Scriptures, when the, the Scripture uses mystery, there's a double meaning in that. It's a mystery is something hidden from but also is something hidden for. Okay. 
hidden from the God of this world and from those who are blinded by the God of this world. The mystery is hidden. Now, see, after I share these things with you, if you went and you shared them with somebody who is an unbeliever, atheistic, agnostic, you know, living by their reason, living by what they can see only and what they can touch and what they can feel and, and what their minds can figure out, they're, gonna, they're just going to laugh at you and think, you're so simple. You're just simple-minded. Man, you know, I used to resent that, but now you know what I think? Well, thank you. Amen. You know, I had a professor, you know, you know, he, in college, first thing in his class, he wrote up there, uh, KISS, K-I-S-S, keep it simple, stupid. And we're not calling you stupid, but he, he was saying that to us, keep it simple. Anybody can make something complex. But the sign of intelligence <clears throat> is to take something complex and make it simplified. Amen. Think how complex God is, just for a moment. The ultimate complexity, right, so to speak. The ultimate unfathomable being. Who can, who can know the thoughts of God? Who can, who can, you know, plummet the depths of His wisdom? And yet, in one volume, He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Man, I'm telling you what. You ever, yeah, I remember the old days. Of course, everything's digital now, and I'm glad for that. Remember the old days when, the, you know, uh, everything was, uh, before they had computers and everything was digitized, you know, they had them in volumes. And I remember, you know, when we got our first set of encyclopedias. Ooh, boy, I thought, man, oh, man, oh, man. It is great. And I mean, those things must have weighed, all those volumes together must have weighed 50 pounds trying to move those things. You know, and all that was was just, just, just describing the, the knowledge up to that point that man had discovered. And, you know, what they would do is every year, uh, you know, because, you know, people, they were discovering more information and knowledge, you, you know, they'd come back and sell you a volume to add to it. Talk about from complexity to simplicity, one volume. And God's never had to add anything to it. <laughs> you know, he doesn't say, hey, hey, you need to come out. You know, I, I got, oh, I, you, you need to buy, get my second book. And so as we look into this, this is why I'm, and I'm prefacing this because I want you to understand that even though that if this sounds so simple, it may come across so simple, it's still profound because God's behind it. The first thing that we need to do, we need to understand, is to have friendship with the Holy Spirit. Look in John 14. Friendship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called the author of life, and He is the one who is able to take the things of God and reveal them unto you. There's no other person that Jesus has mentioned that the book as mentioned is authorized to show you and teach you to the degree of the Holy Spirit. Not your pastor, much as I endeavor to and help you. Not, you know, not the, the, the teacher's ministry, not the evangelist, not the prophet. Not, you know, they can all teach. But number one, first and foremost in your life, it is the Holy Spirit. 
And if you are not taking advantage of that as a believer, then you are going to, to be handicapped spiritually in life. He's the teacher. John 14. Hold on, I'm in Luke. Let me get there in John 14. Here's what Jesus said. He said, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. That concerns the mystery of life. I mean, first of all, He's going to teach you about the mystery of life. What's your life all about? Why are you here? What are you supposed to be doing? He's the teacher. He's the revelator. He's the one who knows the mind of the Father, and He wants to reveal it to you. I remember, you know, when I first got saved, I mean, man, I'm telling you what, it didn't matter what kind of meeting was going on. Wherever I found out there was a gospel meeting going on, I was in. I didn't care what, who was teaching, what they were teaching, what. I mean, I was in. I was thirsty to know something about God. I wanted to know God. I wanted to know this God had, who had come into my life, and I knew my life was different. I knew my life has changed. I had a joy. I had a peace. But I wanted to know more about God. Who, who is this God that has given this to me? Who is this God that's forgiven my sins? Is you know What do I do now? Just something in me. So there's a next step. There's got to be something more than just being saved, and now I'm going to go to work at the widget factory and, you know, and make widgets and pay the bills and die. Something on the inside of me, the Holy Spirit was telling me, there's, there's more. There's more. God's got more to you, for you than you ever have imagined. I, I promise you, He does. Absolutely. And in this, in this series, we're going to begin to understand the importance of the Holy Spirit because He's come to teach you, number one, your purpose. You have a purpose. God has a purpose for you. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Come on. Do you know that everything in creation has a purpose? I love to watch, I love to watch documentaries. Man, I like to watch National Geographic and other documentaries. And, you know, and I'm just amazed at the men and women that have searched out things in God's creation. And, you know, the, the, these microscopic things, they find out they have a purpose. You can't even see them. I didn't even know they existed until I watched the documentary. And I mean, these people, you know, you have to have an electron microscope to see it. But yet, as tiny as they are, they have a purpose. Every planet, every star has a purpose. Scriptures tell us that God has given a name to every star. Whoa. So here's the thing, if from the tiniest thing to the, to, to the most unfathomable thing of the universe, if there's purpose in all that creation, then God has a purpose for you. Say, God has a purpose for me. He's got a purpose for my life. More than paying the bills. I tell you, I understand that. You know, Cindy and I, we go to work, we do that, we get up, you know, you know, Real early, every day, about 4.30, get our day going. You know, and I understand that. And I, I'm not making small of that. I'm not. But listen, the, your purpose is larger than that. 
It's larger than that. And the Holy Spirit has come to show that to you. There's nowhere else you can find it. You get in this book, and you get to know the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will take the things in this book, and He will begin to apply them to your life, and He will begin to define and give you a picture of your purpose. Oh, young people, listen to me. Don't just go for where you can make the most money. Go for the purpose God has for you, because that's where fulfillment is. That's where God's provision is. Absolutely. He's come to teach you your purpose. Notice he said, he says here, he said, he's going to teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So he's come to teach you your purpose, and he has come to guide you into your purpose. You're right there at John 15. Verse 26, when the Advocate comes, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the, from the beginning. So he's going to testify, the, the Advocate, when he comes, he's going to testify. What's he going to testify to? One of the things he's going to testify to is the Father's purpose for your life. That's how we glorify God, is as each one of us, we friendship with the Holy Spirit. He begins to teach us, He begins to show us, and He begins to guide us into God's purpose for our life. That's where our light shines the brightest. That's where our salt is the saltiest. That's where we have the most impact in this world. Now, remember I said, you know, those tiny microbes that you don't see that, yeah, I mean, we walk over every day. They're under our feet. We don't give them any thought. We don't think anything about them. Listen, talk to the, to, to the biologists. Talk to the naturalists. Talk to the scientists. What would happen if all of a sudden they all stopped and ceased to exist? It would change the whole uh, complexion of creation here on this planet. I've been reading about anybody, maybe you've read about this, about the honeybee. Did you know the honeybee around the world is in decline? You say, well, big deal. It is a big deal. Because you know what they do? They pollinate stuff. And without pollination, you ain't going to have no taters, no maters, and whatever else you like to eat. Come on. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a purpose. The earthworm churning up the, the soil underneath that you look at and go, yeah. He's got a purpose. And so you and I made in the image of God, surely we have a purpose, don't we? And the Holy Spirit has come to teach us and to guide us. And also, look in, uh, you're right there in John. Look in John 16. Verse 13, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. Not just, not just theological, biblical truth. Yes, that's true. But also the truth concerning God's plan and purpose for your life. How many of you think God understands computers? How about radar? How about cell phones? I read a thing many years ago. They did a, a survey on, on a college campus and they asked students how many of them in those days thought God understood radar. It was about 40%. <laughs> Holy cow. You need to trade that God in and get the real God. <laughs> Amen. 
How in the world do you think God keeps up with everybody's thought that's ever lived? All the hairs on everybody's head has been numbered. Man, can you imagine the database in heaven? That thing must be something else. Talk about 5G. Man, God's database moves at the speed of thought. Woo! I say I'm, I'm talking in natural terms because I want to throw it out there a little bit different. See, God's got a purpose. He's got a plan for your life. Say, God's got a plan for my life. He will not speak on his own initiative, but he will speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is to come. Wow. Talk about insight. I mean, he's not only going to give you insight, he's going to give you foresight. Ooh, foresight. Can you imagine what that will do? That'll, that'll keep you from making some of the mistakes that we've made in the past. I know nobody besides me has ever made one. You're just so sure you're on the right path, and you come up against a brick wall. Come on. But he says he will guide you. He's going to guide you into truth. He's going to show you things to come. How many believe that? You know, that's in the red in my Bible. You know what that means, don't you? How many believe if Jesus said it? See, this is not preacher talk. This is Jesus talk. You know, preacher talk, you kind of, you know, you kind of got to sift through preacher talk. Come on. Sure, because I'm not God and I'm not perfect. So you kind of, you got to sift through the preacher talk. Keep the good and spit out the sticks. But when Jesus talks, there is no filler. There's no filler in Jesus' words. It's all pure, unadulterated truth. And he said when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to show you about your life, things to come. He will show you what's going to happen in the economy. He's going to show you what's going to happen uh, in the company that you work at. He will show you things to come concerning your kids. He will show you things concerning His plan and purpose and path for your life. And, and, you know, the Bible says, you know, the prophet over there said, you will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk you in it. And, you know, when you turn to the left or when you turn to the life, He's going to be there to say, nope, don't go that way, go this way. I'll tell you, we'd save ourselves a lot of grief, a lot of wasted time if we would get to know the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, is we've learned to live out of this thing most of our life. Come on. You know, a lot of us, you know, we went to school formerly, you know, for 12, some 16, some 18, some 20 years, you know, educating this thing. How, How much time have we taken to educate our spirit to get to know the Holy Spirit? You know. The church has been trained, you know, we got to get in and get out by noon or we turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> you know, we laugh and I understand that, but you know what? Here's the thing that says something about how hungry we are for reality. Do we want to get to know the Holy Spirit? And, and beyond that, in your own personal life, your own personal time. Because you're not going to get to know the Holy Spirit the way you need to just on a Sunday service. You need time along with Him yourself. And you need to wait on God. Turn off the telly. <laughs> and turn on the Holy Ghost. Amen. Get off that computer. Surf a while in the Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 
I'll tell you what, he'll show you some things. Boy, I'll tell you. God's got his own YouTube. Amen? He said he's going to pour out his spirit the last days. And he said on his YouTube, he said some are going to see visions and some are going to have dreams. That's God's YouTube. That's Holy Ghost YouTube. Amen? He's showing you things to come. He'll show you what's going on. He'll give you insight. He's come to empower you for your purpose. Not only to teach you your purpose, to guide you into your purpose, but to empower you for your purpose. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. What do you need power for? He said, to be my witnesses. Well, what's the best way to be his witnesses? See, we thought, we've, we've put such a narrow definition on being his witness. We think to be his witness means I've got to preach a sermon to somebody. See, being his witnesses is this, is that I discover by friendship with the Holy Spirit God's purpose for my life. And when I discover his purpose for my life and he begins to guide me and to take me through this, and he does it not by my willpower, not by my intellect, but by his empowerment. That word where Jesus said you will receive power, the word there is dunamis. It means supernatural active power. As you pursue the plan and purpose of God, God will open doors for you. God will give provisions for you. He'll bring people about your path that can help promote you and, and open the door you need to do. You need. He will give you the wisdom and insight. And He will give you not only insight, but He will help you to see what? Things to come. Foresight. Wow. Empower you. So friendship with the Holy Spirit, that's the first truth. If we're going to unravel, without this, you will never really unravel the mystery of life. You may live your life, it may be a good life. You may be saved and a good person, all that. But I want to tell you what, I believe this with all my heart. God's going to judge us, you know, according to what He called us to do, not what we did do. Thank you for your enthusiasm. The second thing. Now, remember, we're going to unpack this more as we go along. We're just introducing it today. It's discovering my assignment. Turn over to Genesis chapter 1. Did you know you have an assignment from God? Oh, that's just preachers that got that. Well, who told you that? Where did it say in the Bible? Only preachers. If that was true, then it wouldn't matter what you did. But see, this is what's happened is, is formal religion has, has reduced the church to, a, to, to, a, to classes. And I don't mean classes like you go to a class. I mean by divisions, classes. Or you've got, you know, you've got the clergy. We hear from God. And then the word, which I don't like to use, they use the word laity. That's a Latin word that means Stupid and uneducated. So we hear from God, but you stupid and uneducated people, you can't. How I many you know that's not Bible? That ain't even close to Bible. Listen, God has given each of us, if you're a believer, His Holy Spirit. God has a purpose for every one of us. There, you know, God is no respecter of persons. We, we have different functions. Yes, that's true. But that doesn't mean that one's better than the other. The same blood that, that saved me is the blood that saved you. 
The same blood that saved the Apostle Paul and Peter is the same blood shed for you. Amen. Amen. God loves you just as much as he loves Peter and Paul. Amen. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take it even further. In John 17, Jesus said, said, Father, he said, I want you to re- reveal to them that just as you've loved the Son, you love them. Amen. Whoa. Go chew on that for a while. I have an assignment. Say that with me. I have an assignment. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. He said, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule. Listen, your your purpose includes authority to rule. Now, I know, you know, people get in controversy, and I know we can take any truth to an extreme, okay, heresy. But listen, God called mankind, and that means men and women, that in our purpose, as we testify of Him and His life and His power in us, it is so that we can rule. Are you listening? You were never made to be subservient to your circumstances, to the devil or demonic power, or to another human being. Thank you for your enthusiasm. He said, they may rule over the fish and sea and the birds and sky and the livestock and all the wild animals over all the creatures that move along the ground. Then in Genesis 2, one more scripture real quickly, 2.15, listen to this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. Now, we see there Adam's, and of course, Eve also was included in this, but that was their purpose, wasn't it? They had a purpose. They didn't just lay back all day and eat grapes in the Garden of Eden. See, some people think, you know, when we get to heaven, you know, we're all going to sprout little cherub wings and going to float around on clouds. Boy, I hope not. That would be boring for eternity, wouldn't it? No, I'm going to tell you what. God's got a plan. It goes all the way through eternity for you. He's got, he's got way down the line, as we say, he's got a plan and a purpose. Amen. And you know, and you're going, to be, you're going to be working for God. You're going to have a place and a part in his kingdom that's going to be important. It's going to be fulfilling. It's going to be vital. It's going to be empowered by God. But you know what? We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. We can start learning it and doing it right now. Yeah. Wow. I have an assignment. The second thing is, is I can know my assignment. He didn't create Adam and Eve and said, okay, now I've got an assignment for you. Go figure it out. But we've almost left the mystery of life in the church. We've, we, have, we haven't helped dissolve, uh, resolve the mystery. We've kind of compounded the mystery in some cases, haven't we? Because, you, know, uh, you know, traditional religion says, well, now, you know, you just, you know, you know, God's ways are higher than our ways. And God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And you just never know what God's going to do. Boy, I hope that's not true. Because if you don't know what God's going to do, how do you ever know if it's God? How can you know if it's God, the devil, or who's doing it? Hoodoo or magic or what? That's the silliest thing I ever heard of. Not to mention it's totally non-biblical. He just got through telling us that the Holy Spirit was given to us to to guide us into all truth. And you know what? 
God has given us his thoughts right here in the book called the Bible, hadn't he? He's given us his thoughts. The Bible says we can have the mind and walk in the mind of Christ. How are we going to do that? Holy Spirit. So I have an assignment. I can know my assignment. Now we're going to talk about this more as we go along. And as I discover my assignment, you know, it will create my alignment. We, another way we call that is being in the will of God. Being in the will of God is just this. I'm aligned with my purpose. If I'm aligned with my purpose, I'm aligned with the Holy Spirit. If I'm aligned with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be aligned with truth. If I'm aligned with truth, I'll be aligned with the Father. Amen. Are you listening to me? Yeah. It's alignment. See, the reason a lot of times things don't seem to work for us is we're out of alignment. Yeah. You ever got, had, your, had your front end on your vehicle get out of alignment? And you know, that if you... You, gotta have, you have to compensate by turning the wheel one way or the other. You do that long enough, what happens? You wear your tires, don't you? You can look on one side and say, uh, this thing's out of alignment here. It's wearing over here. And I want to tell you, when our life is out of alignment with the will of God, there's some wear and tear on us. Because God's grace is not in full measure there. I didn't say God didn't love you. I didn't say you weren't going to heaven. Don't read into it. But I'm going to tell you what, there's some wear and tear. Just like in our vehicle, there's some wear and tear. God says, I want you to, I want you to discover your assignment. I want you to know your assignment, discover your assignment, walk in it. And then you know what? You're going to begin to come into alignment. And I'm telling you, you, you know, you've heard the term. We've heard it probably if you've been in church very long, under an open heaven. Oh, brother, I believe in that. I believe one of the keys to being have an open heaven over my life, over our church, is that we have discovered our assignment, and we are, we are uh, uh, obedient to that, and we're coming under alignment so that all of the grace and the resources of heaven come to bear on that. I'm telling you, we say this sometimes where God guides, He provides. You know, that's more than just a, you know, a sampler saying, a more than just a bumper sticker. It's true. When you align yourself, that doesn't mean that you'll never have an attack. That doesn't mean you'll never have a challenge. That doesn't mean, surely you will. But I'm going to tell you, in the midst of all that, we win. God brings deliverance. There'll come a point of deliverance. There'll come a point of healing. There'll come a point of fruitfulness. There will come a point if we persevere. But we have to know that what our assignment is and be in alignment with it. We're talking about Unraveling Life's Mystery, and really our title today is, How's Your Life Defined? What defines your life? You know, if you've ever been to, you know, any kind of social gathering or something, especially if it's, there are people there that you don't know everybody at all, and you know, and you're, you're kind of mingling and you're talking to people, you know, one of the first things, especially if it's guys, one of the first things when you meet somebody new, it ain't going to be long if you talk to them very long, you know what they're going to ask you, don't they? Well, you do. This, I'm going to see where you fit in here on the pecking order. <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. You know, with God, the only pecking order there is is that what? We are sons of God. We each have an assignment. We have a purpose. It's, it's important. It's vital. Remember the microbe? Whether, whether you're the microbe or whether you're the star, you have a purpose. And without you fulfilling your purpose, 
Paul talked about it. He used the body as an analogy. You know, if one part of the body suffers, he said the whole part, body suffers. That's true in creation. We see that. What I mentioned with the honeybee. It's a small thing, you know. But as soon as something starts happening, it starts getting, getting diminished. I'm going to tell you what, it affects the balance of everything else. And you may think, I'm, you know, I'm not this or I'm not that or I'm not the other. That's irrelevant. What has God called you to do? Are you aligning yourself with it? And when you do that with your assignment, you know, it will create alignment and it also generate your fulfillment. Listen, I know, you know, man, I, you talk about poor. Buddy, I grew up poor. I mean, I think my picture was next to the word poor there. Our family picture was. Man, I know poor. So don't come telling me about the virtues of poverty. I've discovered all the virtues of poverty that I want to discover. Isn't that right? But on the other hand, you know, I found this out, that it's not about stuff either. You can go the extreme either way. Yes, God wants to supply your needs. God wants you to have abundance so that you can help others and help the kingdom and so forth. Absolutely. You know, leave an inheritance to your kids. That's great. I think that's wonderful. I think it's good. But that's not what my life's about. That's not what my assignment's about. Thank you. Off quiet in here. All right. And the third thing, real quickly here. Friendship with the Holy Spirit. Discovering my assignment. We're talking about how is your life defined Friendship with the Holy Spirit, discovering my assignment, and thirdly, what is my God-given seed? Because that's the key to my assignment. What have you been given? Now, we know this is important because Jesus gave us some parables about it, didn't He? We know all know the parable of the talents, don't we? Gave to one five, one, He gave uh, two, and then another one, He gave one. And he went away and he said, okay, when I come back, he said, there was a reckoning, wasn't there? How many know there's going to be a reckoning? Not about whether you're saved or not, but what did you do with the seed God gave you? What did you do with the talent? What did you do with what God gave you? What, what did you do with the assignment God gave you? Now, I don't share this with you so that you'll, you know, you'll spend sleepless nights. But I share this with you to encourage you because I don't want you to stand before Jesus and you can point the finger at me and say, well, Pastor Norris never told us. <laughs> I'm <a> telling you. <laughs> my my God-given seed is the key to my assignment. We know this. Uh, we won't turn over there and read it. But in Genesis 1.12, God created everything with its seed in it. Isn't that right? Everything God created, He created it with its seed in it. It has the ability to reproduce. Now, we have been given a seed. We're, we're created in God's image. We've been made a new creation. If we're believers in Christ Jesus, the Bible says that we have been made a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are what? And all these things are what? Of God. So when you were created anew, there are seeds that have been put in you. Seeds concerning your purpose, concerning God's plan, concerning what God has for you to do. But see, we don't want to be like the one with the, the man that got the one seed and went and buried it. Or just set it up on the, you know, in the fruit jar on the shelf there and say, well, you know what, well, you know, I'm going to keep it real safe. 
So when the Lord comes, you know, I'll give him back what's his. There's, there's a part of this parable that sometimes we don't bring out. When God reckoned with each of these individuals, he wanted more than just the original seed. He, he doesn't want you to just keep his original seed he gave you safe. He wants you to do something with it. He wants you to discover your assignment, come into alignment, and begin to do something. And that seed will begin to multiply in the kingdom of God. You'll never be as effective anywhere else. I don't care if you become a billionaire. If God's purpose was something totally different from that, it will never, you will never have the impact you would have had. I believe that with all my heart. God created everything with His seed in it. Listen, I've, you've heard me say this before. My seed is my future in miniature. My seed is my future in miniature. What are you doing with the seed God gave you? Oh, Pastor, I don't even know what my seed is. Can you tell me what my seed is? That's not my job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. You've got to get along with all. See, this is why we started out talking. You've got to have a, develop a friendship with the Holy Spirit. You've got to get into the Bible. You've got to find out what's the seed. What's God given you? What, what is the seed He's given you? Amen. You, can't, you can't have corn seed and produce watermelons. No matter how much you want a watermelon. Boy, you know. And you can't tell God, God, why did you make me a corn seed? I, I like watermelon seed. Come on. No, what we can do is we discover what are, what, what, are, what are your talents? What are your abilities? What are the things that God's put in you, both naturally and spiritually speaking? What has He put into you? That, has a, that tells you right there what you need to be developing, what you need to be using. I'm a big believer in developing the seed that God's given you. Because if you don't, all you're going to have on that day is to give Him back His seed. And I, you know, I'm not trying to create a doctrine here or anything, but what Jesus said to that guy that just gave him back his seed that he got, I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not sure what all that means, but it don't sound good. That's all I, I'm sure of that. It don't sound good, does it? Take it from him and give it to the other one and cast him out. I mean, I don't know, but that don't sound good. Whatever that, that might mean in your theology, it don't sound good. The seed I have is enough for fulfilling my assignment. Boy, I'm telling you, we're going to hit on this a lot. Because, man, when I was a young man, I kept saying, God, boy, I, I need more, need more, need more, need more. And certainly, we want to know God better, don't we? We want to, we want to ingest and, and receive more uh, truth from the Holy Spirit, from the Scriptures and about our life and all that. I'm not suggesting that we don't. But in seed form, you know, if you've ever been to the... Uh, to the West Coast out there, especially in Northern California and Oregon there. I know, uh, Paulette, you've been out there. Did y'all see the, the big red tree, redwoods and sequoias while you're out there? Are, are those things big? Man, they, they can, they can act, some of them are big enough, you could actually put, a, you know, you could run a, a two-lane highway through them like a tunnel. That's a big tree. And they get up to uh, 300 feet tall. That's a 30-story building. How'd you like to climb that tree? Woo, they do. You know, people that take care of them, they climb them. You know what they use? They use mountain climbing gear. That's a big tree, isn't it? But you know what? You could put the seed in your pocket. You could hold the seed in your hand. I mean, the seed for a redwood, you know, they don't have to back up a, you know, 
a great old big, you know, dump truck or something to carry it in. He's holding your hand. The seed that God has for you and greatness for your life is fulfilling His will. You want to be great in the kingdom? Align yourself with the purpose of God. You want to have the greatest influence as you go through this life? Align yourself with the will of God, with the purpose of God. Find out what your seed is. And then, I must understand the principle of sowing and reaping in order to release my faith. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Listen, the Bible says this real clearly. If you sow to the flesh, from the flesh you reap corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, from the Spirit you receive what? Life. So here's the thing. If you don't do anything with your seed, if you just while away your time living for yourself... You don't do anything with the seed God's given you, the talent, the ability that God's given you. You don't use it to glorify God. You don't use it, and you don't get to know the Holy Spirit and find out your purpose. I'm going to tell you what. Then, you know, you're going to live your life. It's basically, even though you're not, quote, unquote, sinning, you're not running around on your wife, you're not abusing the kids, you're not stealing from anybody and all that, but still, you didn't fulfill your purpose. I mean, we're glad that you lived a good life. Absolutely. But you know what? There's so much more that God has for you. So I want to ask again, who is defining your life? How is your life being defined? Is it being defined by society, our our culture? Is it being defined by other people, their expectations? Is it being defined by possessions or money or whatever it could be? It could be any, all kinds of things. What's it being defined by? What's motivating you? How is your life being defined? Remember, we're talking about unraveling life's mystery. And then, are you going through the motions of life or with a passion for life? Are you going through the motions of life or the passion of life? Do you have any passion for what you're doing? It's important that we discover the mystery concerning our life. And if we get to know the Holy Spirit, that's number one. Get to know the Holy Spirit. Secondly, know that you have an assignment and pursue God and that friendship with the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God and find out what's my assignment. What you call me to do, God? You know, and that's why I don't believe. See, again, this is going back to organized religion through the years. You know, I talked about the clergy and the laity thing. Well, they got, you know, they talk about, you know, what is holy and spiritual and then what's secular. You know, one thing is sacred. What I do is sacred. What you do, well, and see, nothing could be further from the truth. Because if you are following God's call and God's will for your life, same as I'm calling for mine, then it can't be secular. It's sacred. You say, yeah, but I'm just a carpenter. Yeah, but is that what God called you to do? Yeah. Are you aligned with it? Yeah. Are you walking with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Then you're giving God glory. Jesus was a carpenter. <laughs> Amen. Before he was a prophet, he was a carpenter, wasn't he? So whatever it is, don't look at yourself. So, oh, yeah, well, you know, that must mean, if I have a purpose, that must mean God's called me into the ministry. Well, that's right, but not in the way you're thinking. We're all called into the ministry if we're a believer, aren't we? 
And your ministry will be according to God's assignment for you. And in that place, God will use you. God's grace will be upon you. God's truth will be upon you. God's blessing will be upon you. God's resources will be upon you. And that's where you will make the greatest impact for the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Father, today, 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 help us, Lord, to recognize. And Father, to, to embrace this glorious truth, Father, that life doesn't have to be a mystery. That you've sent the Holy Spirit. You've given us your word so that we might know exactly what you desire of us. Who we are to be, who we're to be like, Jesus, and what we are to do. The seed that's been put in us. The assignment you've called us to. Godless, you said in the Bible, we're not to compare ourselves among ourselves that is uh, we've left the path of wisdom it's, that's not about you know our importance is not about what we do Lord our importance and our value is about you and who we belong to Father open our eyes and open our understanding to the mystery of life and to begin to believe that we can discover it that we can know that assignment. We can discover the seeds you put within us already to develop it and to move forward in it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This morning we're going to be partaking of the Lord's table together. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.